0: Hello, welcome to Healing Out Loud episode 61 with me, your host, Jackie Shay.
1: And when I do find release in a journey that has so much suffering like Lyme, it's when I'm in a place of surrender to the present without making it wrong. I believe that if you want to overcome illness and thrive
0: in life, then self-advocacy and hopeful connection through shared experience are necessary ingredients. Healing Out Loud is designed to bring you just that, inspiring, relatable voices that have made it through their darkest days to ultimate triumph by advocating for themselves and engaging with empowering self-care tools. I want you to start healing today. If you like what you hear and want more, there are three ways you can stay in touch. Follow me on Instagram at Shea Jackie. that's S-H-E-A-J-A-C-K-I-E. Join my newsletter at jackieshay.com or contact me directly through jackieshay.com and I will see how I can support you and meet your specific needs. If you missed the last episode with Wendy Myers on Heavy Metal Detox, you can listen at JackieShea.com slash 60. In just a moment, we're going to meet my guest this week, Sasha Alexander. This is Sasha's second time on the show, so to listen to her first episode and to hear her whole story, go to JackieShea.com slash 19. Sasha is a professional life, health, and business coach. She started her health journey five years ago when she fell suddenly ill at age 28 with a progressive multi-system myster- mystery illness that was stripping her of her life. She then sleuthed her way to health by developing a system called the the six Root Causes of Chronic Illness, through which she successfully diagnosed and treated herself despite Western medicine's insistence that nothing was wrong. She has now recovered her life from the grips of two different auto di- autoimmune diseases and late stage Lyme, and she no longer lives life as a sick person. Today, she supports people in getting well themselves or in growing their businesses, making more money, or living with awesome authenticity, peace, and joy. I'm going to dive in with Sasha about all things Lyme disease, because since our last episode, she was diagnosed and has been treating and having profound results. I'm going to ask her about how it felt to get the diagnosis, why she knew something was missing. I'm going to also ask about fecal transplants, ozone therapy, her tools to self-soothe during the hardest times, and what her relationship with spirituality is like in those hardest times
1: hi Sasha hi Jackie I'm so happy you're here thank I you am so, much. so happy to be here <laughs> I just think this podcast is so um uplifting and real and deep and <clears throat> well produced which matters <laughs> thank you <laughs> and that you personally are just such a light in the world um, somebody who wants to grow and helps others do the same and I just I love to support that and I'm so honored to be here Thanks,
0: Sasha. I'm so excited to have you back. I was so excited to talk to you. You are my coach, and so <laughs> it's really fun. It's really fun to be able to also have, like, a, a coach conversation yeah. on, you know, like, the different things that come up as coaches with illness, to coaching people with illness. I would love illness. to talk about that and, today.
1: Um, yeah, I'm just so excited! It's going to be so fun. It's going to so be juicy. It's going to be so juicy, especially because there's like a surprise. There's been a surprise in my story, which yes. is very juicy, very juicy. So this is why this is
0: a big reason why you've come back. Mm-hmm. We are taping at the very end of Lyme Disease Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and last time you were on, everyone can go listen to the episode, okay. and it's it's plugged and it's listed in the show notes, but. Last time you were on, you did not have a Lyme diagnosis.
1: No, I did not have a Lyme diagnosis. Or more spe- it's even weirder, actually, Jackie. Tell me. Like, like, I thought I had Lyme disease and had, like, handled it, and that the residual stuff was other s- stuff that was in the picture. So I had been treated by this homeopath for Lyme, but diagnosed, like, in a really strange way. And I just sort of knew... That if I was going to go down the Lyme path, it was going to be five to $25,000 and a lot of my time. And so I was sort of like, well, let me see if this homeopath can handle it for me for like a grand. And then if I'm still sick at the end of like a couple years of work, I'll come back to Lyme. And that's what I did. And lo and behold, I did the hygienics and ding, ding, ding,
0: ding. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, like, what was the ca- – what made you be like, okay, I'm going to test for Lyme?
1: Well, um, I mean, I think like – Air hunger was always the thing. The reason Lyme hit my radar in the first place is this is a symptom that like, first of all, is so Lyme specific and so bizarre. Like air hunger doesn't really, if, if anybody hasn't, doesn't, isn't familiar with this symptom, it, it, it feels like, it feels like you're wearing a corset and you can't open your ribs and lungs as widely as your body wants you to. So it's like that impulse where you've been holding your breath and you're underwater and you want to come to the top and be like, "Ah," but you can't, it's like, it's like, instead of that, you can go like, "Ah," and you, and you want to go like, "Ah," but you, you literally can't. Um, It feels like you're suffocating inside your own body. It's like this sense of drowning, but you're just on dry land. And um, it's by far the worst. It's like my quality is like the, the thing that affected my quality of life the most Was air hunger, and it just didn't fit anywhere. And for a while, I was like, "Well, some people have that with Hashimoto's," and and now I'm like, "Those people have Lyme." (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Because Lyme and Hashis does come together. Uh Um, Not always, if you have Hashis, not always. Um, But uh, so, anyway, long story short, it's like this is a symptom that had improved over time, but not to the degree that like I needed it to to live. Um. So I was on message boards and this was now, so I got diagnosed with Lyme in December of 2018 and two years earlier in 2016 was the first. So what would happen is I'd have these big episodes of air hunger. And if you're familiar with air hunger, you know, like it'll come on and it'll stay for like six hours to like two weeks. It's like you, and then all of a sudden it'll pass and you can breathe again. It's like a very hor- honestly horrifying experience. And um, so during these episodes I would like take to WebMD because I, it was like the only way I could stay calm and eventually like Lyme popped up. So that's, so to answer, is a long way to answer your question. Like that's, that was always what made me think Lyme. And then what brought me back around in December was I had been massively improving over 2018, thinking that I had a toxic mold issue because on antifungals, the air hunger and almost everything else would go away almost totally, but like not quite. Then I went to a wedding in September up in Oregon and like for no clear reason I was just worse like I got oh no I got a flu I got a flu and like three weeks later I was still so sick and I was just like something is wrong I just had this feeling like something is missing I just, I like, I just had like a knowing and I, and you know, Jackie, like when we, you're one of the first people I told when I got my positive Lyme diagnosis, the nail in the coffin though was I heard a a podcast from Dr. Rabar, who's an integrative GI here in LA. He's like sort of the best one. And, um, he was, I, I don't know how I came across this, but I was leading my, I was leading my three month health group. Um, last fall for autoimmune patients. And I was looking into SIBO materials and there's this podcast on like the crossover between SIBO and tick-borne illness. And I listened to this podcast and Jackie, like I had never, even in all my years of being in the community, I really hadn't heard my story. And And part of the reason that I didn't think I was a Lyme patient is because most of the Lyme patients I knew had all this neurological stuff that I just didn't have. I just didn't have it. And also like the level of fatigue that I experienced improved pretty quickly with like the right kind of supplements. And I was like, if I had Lyme, I would be, I would have insomnia and I would be, um, totally neurologically fucked up. And I would, you know, and so I just was like, it's not me. And I heard this podcast about like, basically he was talking about how people that have like a gastro version of Lyme. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. It was the gut. It was the bladder. It was the, the breathing and the like recurrent SIBO and I was like oh my god and so I remember that was that was Thanksgiving and I had already taken the Lyme test I was like I'm taking the Igenix I want to knock it out After that experience at the wedding, I was like, something's still wrong. And then we were driving up with my boyfriend up to see my parents for Thanksgiving. And we listened to this podcast over the the radio in the car. And I was grabbing his leg like every five seconds being like, oh, my God, it's me. Oh, my God, this is me. This is me, too. That that happens to me. And it was like, so by the time I already, like, I was like 100% sure by the time my results came in. And then I just got a call and they were like, yes, you have it. And it was the best. Isn't it funny? It's it was the, the
0: best. best. <laughs> it was the best to get that crazy diagnosis. Yeah, I know. Because that's what, best. because that's such a common thing. Like we, we just want to know what's happening in our bodies. So oh that my God. Cause then it. you can get better. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And until then you're in a holding pattern.
0: Right. That's so interesting. So I, I'm i glad you bring up air hunger, um, because it was something I didn't experience. Mm. And I know people that have experienced it, and I know how horrifying they describe it to be, and it sounds absolutely horrifying, and it was not one of my symptoms, and I've always related it to a Babesia
1: diagnosis. So you've
0: been diagnosed with Babesia.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't show up on any labs. So I'm seen by Holtorf in El Segundo here in LA, and my my doctor, whose name is Dr. Hunt, um, well, I guess I just wanted to pause to be like, there are my infectious people. Like, it's like, Holtorf, I'm, I'm there for infectious disease. I still have... If if anybody does listen to my other podcast with you, I still have my practitioners in like the other areas of six root causes. But so anyway, Dr. Hunt, she um she said something that I thought was so interesting when I got diagnosed because I said that too. I was like, I, I must have Babesia. Like there's no way I don't. And, and she was like, well, a, a negative on a Lyme test isn't significant. And she was like, a positive is. And I was like, oh my God, how bizarre that... She's basically like, yeah, your negative doesn't mean anything, but if you if you were a positive, it would mean something. So she basically was like, yeah, you have it. It's fine. We're going to treat it the same way anyway. Like this is going to take care of everything you have. Um and then I just had to be patient because I was asking her for anti-parasitic drugs because I mean, air hunger is so it's so awful. It's like the times I was driven to suicidal ideation were because of air hunger. And that was I mean, that was like 2016, 2015. That like, once I knew I had it, (laughs) I just had to like wait for my ozone and my peptides to work until, but I was patient and it was really fast. Bizarrely, like after so many years of being sick, like we turned it around in I would say like five months, we turned a huge corner of treatment. What does turning a huge corner look like for you? Such a good question. Um. Well, I think like to bring it back to something you told me right when I shared with you, uh, like you said, I am your coach, and so we have such a close relationship. And and um, it was almost just so bizarre. What once I had Lyme, it was almost so. I was like, Jackie, like, yeah. <laughs> guess what? <laughs> it's just funny. I um, but I remember you said, and I loved this. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if you're going to remember this. You were like, uh, Lyme patients share the feeling of being infected. And I just had this deep feeling that I was either poisoned or infected the whole six years that I was sick. And I would say, like, I woke up one morning after, like, four months of ozone, and I literally – I looked at Andre, my boyfriend, and I was like, I have less Lyme now. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh, cool, babe. And I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) I was like, no, please be excited. Like, this is (laughs) huge. Huge. And I I just felt – I guess somewhere around my, like, like, stomach gut area, I just was like, Oh, I'm like, I'm like less heavy. There's less infection in my body. Um, and then what were the actual, like, f- oh, physical results? Ah. Um, I mean, like a tremendous, a tremendous relief around the air hunger. Um, my migraines got so much better. Um, the depression went away. Oh my God. Lyme depression is like. Were you depressed? You were depressed? In- it came on really late. It was last fall. Yeah. From like, from like August to December, I was like, I am, I had really fall never, of
0: right before diagnosis. Right yeah, it of-
1: took a long time to hit for me, but I knew that was another reason. I was like, something is, cause that's not my jam. Like I would, if anything, I would lean anxious. Okay, depression really isn't a part of my story. And so I was like, something is, and yeah, I mean like that, <laughs> I'm just like, like Lyme depression is so gnarly. You're like, there's no hope in the world. Like. All of life is despair and suffering. <laughs> just so you know, why should, it, it showed up as a lot of like, why should I? There was just sort of a like, what's the point? Why be alive? I don't want to leave my house. You know, just yeah. So no, yeah. totally. I was writing on. I was doing
0: some gratitude writing this morning, and um, and it's so funny. I've been well for like three years, and I so sometimes it takes me like. 10 things on a gratitude list to get to my health it's pretty amazing and I'm like oh my god wait what what am i doing like health health and this morning I was like I'm just gonna write like all the things that I get to do today that I didn't get to do when I was unwell mm-hmm. and some of them are like oh hold my own head up sit in a chair wake up in the morning sleep at night you know sleeping at night is a huge blessing that I never forget. Um, Mm -hmm. I sleep at night. I don't feel hopeless, right? Like, then all the depression stuff came up. Like, I feel joy. I feel freedom. I laugh. I laugh. (laughs) That was on there. I laugh. Like, I am light. I am at ease in Mm -hmm. so many ways. How about, like, I I think I have a future.
1: Like, I think... Like, I just didn't, I just got chills. I just didn't yeah. have a future. There was no, there was no excitement about my, fe- there was no feeling of potential. There was no like, oh, there's pleasure down the road. It was like, no, everything is darkness. There's no plan for me, you know. So that, like, the relief of that and the whole emotional burden of my illness lifted by like huge percentages as soon as I got diagnosed. So that was like immediate. I just knew in my gut, and we're going to talk about this later when we get to self care, but like, I knew in my gut that it was the last piece. And I don't know how else to explain that. I just knew. And um, kind of like how I knew there was another piece. Um, yeah. so the let's, second.
0: Let's take a break. Let's take a break for okay. the self-care challenge. I mean, not it's not a challenge anymore. <laughs> I changed it to a tool because not everybody likes to be challenged, challenged. <laughs> like I do. So let's take a break for the self-care tool. Yeah. Welcome to our self-care segment of the podcast, where we arm you with new, affordable, and easy-to-use tools in each episode to kick some self-care butt. My hope is that you will come to collect a number of ways to take care of yourself inside and out, so add these to your toolbox and watch your inner resourcefulness grow with each use. We are building up your defenses, inspiring your mind, body, and spirit toward total wellness and freedom. Let's dive in.
1: Awesome. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Sasha, what's our tool? So your tool is um, if something's still not right, something's still not right. Meaning, you know, because I coach like Jackie, because I coach um, people who are facing complex and chronic illness, it's like... My experience is that people really know the what's next for them. Like I, you know, I don't tell my clients. I mean, like with, there are some exceptions, but I don't really tell my clients like, "What do you want to try next on your path?" People usually really have a clear sense, and and I think um, it, like this can go two ways. It's like it's like if you know something's wrong and you have an instinct about what might help. Like I think it's really important to follow that, um, but also like in sort of a bigger sense, it's like. I think we know when we're not at hundred percent vitality and there's a lot of settling that occurs, um, with healthy people too, with people who don't identify as sick. There's this like, Oh, right. I have these rashes or like, Oh, I you know, like that happens all the time. Um, but I think for somebody who's suffering under like a more, a really, a really or like a more serious illness or diagnosis, it's like if you get a sense that there's more potential for your healing, like you're correct. Yeah. I think that's really the tool. So yeah. like, what are you going to do once you know you're correct? And for me, that was, well, I need, I need testing and I need to be with a doctor that might investigate this with me. And that's how I got before my Lyme diagnosis. That's how I got from like not functional to functional, but still in pain. And that was also a huge, that even might have been like the biggest leap was from like the worst, you know, up to it was the same thing. I was like, I think there's more. I think I can investigate. I think I can, um, like find a new practitioner that can explore this. So.
0: Yeah. You know, it was so true for me, too, with my immune disorder. Like, I was treating Lyme for almost, almost two years, a year and a half. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, before I found my immune disorder. Oh, wow. I was treating Lyme for a year and a half. And then I didn't get it for over two years. Like I didn't get my immune disorder treatment for over two years into treatment. But I just kept being like, Mm. you know, they caught Lyme really early for me. I'm one of those like quote lucky people that was on antibiotic treatment within a month. Of, wow. of getting bit by a tick Wow. or at exactly a month of being bit by a tick. I did heavy duty. I found a Lyme literate doctor right away. I did heavy duty antibiotic treatment. I did not do the holistic stuff because I was so uninterested. I just <laughs> wanted to do antibiotics and get well. And then at some point I was just like, you know, this doesn't make sense. Mm. Like what, what there's something else happening in yep. my body. Yeah,
1: yep. exact same thing with me.
0: Right. And when I, I didn't know what to go after, like I really didn't know what it was and I was doing research and I was like, okay, I'm not heavy metal. I'm not this, I'm not that. Mm -hmm. And then a doctor just so happened to test my immunoglobulins, which is something that's never talked about. Honestly, like so few people know about it. The first time I heard about it was from you. Yeah. So few people know about it. And it is the, there are only two parts of your immune system, right? (laughs) It's like that, your immunoglobulins, and then your kill cells and your T cells and your white cells. And it's like, how are we not testing this? Oh, yeah. because the treatment is so expensive. That's why we're not that's testing it. That's so fucked it. up. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to swear?
1: Yeah, you are.
0: <laughs> that's just that's just like so fucked up.
1: It's so fucked up. I mean, the way that <clears throat> so I did you watch Under Your Skin too?
0: Oh no, because I am I don't watch oh. Lyme
1: documentaries. <laughs> okay, got it. Perfect, <laughs> fine. Um, it, it went into the politics of of it, for me. It was like really essential and really validating and really helpful. It went into the politics of why why Lyme is treated so differently than every other disease that we know of. Um, And it's, I mean, like, it's infuriating, but it's also, I think, important to understand that, like, uh, there are other interests in medicine besides just helping people, which is shocking. (laughs) Shocking. I think especially when you, people like us who have been on that side, it's like one of the biggest pieces of the grief that I had to process when I got sick was actually the abandonment by the medical system because you grow up, or at least I did, I grew up thinking that when, if I really needed help, there were systems to help me. And for me, that was not true because of like one specific board of people that sit on the CDC that like are invested in keeping an old version of Lyme guidelines, which mean that like hundreds of thousands of people are getting sick and getting disabled and dying. And I mean, yeah. it's it's just that alone, like on top of the burden of being sick, it's like, we, it's like you see behind the curtain. And I think for people in our situation, it can be like a whole other level that has to be supported. Like I know in my clients, like I, I need to support their rage and disappointment and fear about who's going to take care of them now that the system that they thought was built to take care of them has like purposefully decided not to like, it's, it's not like an accident. No,
0: absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) And I have to support my clients in the same way. And it was, I I say basically verbatim, actually not basically, verbatim what you just said. Like one of the things that was the most painful was the abandonment by the medical community. Like it was really brutal on me. And it actually happened right away. Like when I found out I had Mm. Lyme, I knew I needed to see a Lyme doctor. Good for you. And I called like six doctors in the area that were being sent to me. Were you in Maui? No, I was here. Wow. Um, so I called like six different places Yeah. and it was either they weren't seeing patients anymore or they didn't have an appointment for six months out. And I was like, but wait a second, I I've been diagnosed. Like you're a Lyme practitioner. You know that I need to get on treatment. So like, what do you mean? Oh my God. And then they are like six months. Other doctors I couldn't see because they were $1,500 for the first appointment. Other doctors didn't call me back. Like, (laughs) I was
1: devastated. It's so shocking. Devastated. Yeah. And, well, cause it's your life. Cause you, it's like you have a disease that can be fatal. Yeah. It's, it's so, sh- being a Lyme patient is so shocking in that way. And it's one of the best things about diagnosis for me too is like, I finally had a place to belong. And I was like, I knew my story sounded like all these other stories of like, I was this case that couldn't be cracked and like nobody mm. really cared. And it was so many different systems of my body and it was so persistent and it was progressive. And it's, it was such a relief to be like, Oh, right yeah like it really fits this community really has experienced what I've experienced even if I don't have insomnia and even if I don't have pins and needles and it's such a good point Sasha because it's really important that everyone take in like
0: my Lyme story is so drastically different from your Lyme story and same with my clients same with your clients like uh, everyone has a really different version of the illness yeah and so it's Which makes it
1: really complicated and hard and feel like baloney. (laughs) No, I I know. And I think that's why people from the outside looking in, it's so easy to be like, oh, Lyme disease. Because it is this like bizarre, like how can it be all these things at once? And like it just is. I mean, even a case like me where I have autoimmune involvement, which is very common in Lyme, for the Lyme to begin an autoimmune disease in your body. But I don't have any of the ones that – it's like rheumatoid arthritis, MS, and lupus are the ones – or um, chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. No. None of them. I had interstitial cystitis and Hashimoto's. And it's like – I mean, it's just, it's such a testament to uh, like the patient community and how much they communicate that I was able to get well.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. What have you been doing? What have your treatments
1: been? Yeah. I would love to talk about that. Um, So it's, it's actually really simple. It's just three things. It's um, weekly ozone. Um, I'm doing daily peptide shots. And then I did 10 fecal transplants.
0: Yes, let's, <laughs> so I did ozone, I did peptide shots, yeah. both have been talked about on this show, yeah. we can talk more about them, but let's talk <laughs> fecal matter transplants, <laughs> Sasha's doing a dance, I mean,
1: because are, they were the game changers, they were, they were the game changers, yeah, cool, so yeah. Talk, tell, tell us, yeah. what are they, so <clears throat> FMT, it's called Fecal Microbiota Transplant, is when somebody with a healthy microbiome, which is somebody who, um, they have really strict standards, somebody who hasn't had antibiotics for the past 10 years, who has no acne, no asthma, no allergies, no autoimmune disease. Um, yeah, I think those are the main ones. And of course they test the stool for parasites and infections additionally. So like there are these very rare people, like you got to find them. Like these are like (laughs) Americans are generally not that healthy, and so they're like, it's like, if you can find a person that doesn't have that health history and has a healthy microbiome, they just literally give a stool sample. So they just, I don't know how it's taken, but they poop at some point and somehow it's given to the lab. I don't know how that goes down. I just know my receiving end of it. <laughs> <That is laughs> very punny. Um, and, uh, and then they test that stool. And if they're like, yep, this is good to go, which means it's high diversity and, Actually, I think mo- I think just mostly that. I think it's high diversity and without any of the big bacteria that cause a lot of autoimmune diseases. So, like Klebsiella, um, Streptococcus, there's like a number of strains of bacteria in people's guts that, when they overgrow Candida, that when they overgrow, they cause autoimmune disease. So they make sure that it's like high diversity and doesn't have any of the baddies. And then, um, so there's a couple ways to do them. Some people do them orally, which I don't think I could ever have done. <laughs> It was like very concerning for me, but if they are life-saving, go for it, listener, if that's for you, and then you can do them via enema, and so that's what I did, so basically I worked with a doctor in Santa Barbara who, um, sent me, <laughs> I got like overnighted to me in like, it was like a science experiment in like a, a big box full of dry ice. It's like, I opened my fecal transplant and like smoke. came out. <laughs> it was like a magic trick or something. And I was like, yes. Cause at this point I was like, I'm getting well, I was so excited. And, and like you open it up and you move the dry ice and there's just, um, if you've ever done a fleet enema, which I actually hadn't, They're just in those bottles. So if anybody's ever done, like, a colonoscopy or an enema for some procedure, and you get, like, a saline bottle and just, like, squeeze it up your butt, it's that same bottle, but it's filled with a mixture of the healthy person's poop and saline. Um, Oh, so it's not a – I don't know. I
0: was under the impression for some reason that it was, like, a capsule.
1: No, you can do it that way. Those are the oral,
0: right? So it's not a capsule up your butt, though. No, it's no, not a capsule up your butt. It is an enema. Okay, yeah, it's an it enema. Is a- okay,
1: yeah, but it's not. Um, it's not a hard enema to hold because it's not. It's not like like a coffee. Like if you had to hold like a coffee enema for as long as you hold these, it's like there would be no way because it's um you know it's thicker. It's like a mixture of stool and saline, and it sounds really gross, but it's frozen. It's actually very tidy. It's not it's not a big deal. I think it, there are a bunch of people online who are like going rogue and doing it themselves, which I get because when you're as sick as we have been, it's like you really will do anything. Doing what themselves, like ha- like, what they're find, like they're finding healthy donors and literally like blending poop and saline. Oh, wow. And like, I, I mean, just like know that it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. I'm but like, in I, shock. I, I, I knew that that wasn't, I was trying to imagine like getting my Nutra bullet and like, like <laughs> blending poop and I was just like, I'm going to actually vomit. Like I'm going to vomit and, and I was like, I can't do it So so I got on my Lyme forum and was like, who has access to FMT? And this like angel woman who didn't even know me was like, I'll private message you because FMT is um, not technically OK. Well, it is. It's not technically approved by the FDA for people who have anything other than C. diff. It's the only thing you can get it through insurance for. C. diff is a deadly gut infection that will kill you within a week. Um, and fecal transplants are miraculous for them and like every gut issue. But the FDA is slow to approve it for other things that aren't just C. diff. And so people like me have to get it through doctors who are kind of like rogue. And um, the what makes it legal is yeah, I, I, the doctor can't do it in office with me. It's like they send me the transplant, and I do it myself, and that's how it's not. I'm not breaking the law by doing that. Interesting, and you pay out of pocket. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was um, my ten were five thousand dollars. Oh, for ten? For ten?
0: Hmm. I thought yeah. it was
1: five for five. That's that's better. It okay. is better. Yeah. I mean, given how effective. I mean, this year since Lyme, I think I've spent $30,000 since December on my treatment. And um, it's definitely like I was accurate two years ago when I was like, this will be so expensive that I want to try everything else first. That literally is why I did it that way is because I was like, well, what do I have the money for right now? Heavy metals. What do I have the money for right now? LDA shots. And then once I started earning better, um, well, also it just it was just the only it was the last it was the last house on the block. Even if you weren't earning better, you it, would have been it, like I would have done it anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, because it was really it really was it was the last I had been knocking on every other door, and I was like, what well, has to be this? And you know how exciting it is to get the right diagnosis, so I would have done whatever I had to do. But I'm I'm fortunate in that um, my business has grown such that I, I I'm able to support that kind of
0: yeah, and you're able to be a version of Lyme disease that you're still able to work. Yes, which is awesome. And yeah. and you were you were at one point yeah. not
1: that way and you got so well and, and I also worked the whole time. Yeah. But you're right in that I I was much less functional for like in like 2014 2015 <laughs> it was really 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 hard and Right.
0: But, but you yeah. didn't have you didn't have what I had and exactly. what some of the people we know have which is like oh, I, if I don't have a wall behind my head the, like <laughs> Or a wheelchair. I'm not going anywhere. I know. Yeah, but that's awesome. And So So wild. It's also
1: part of why I didn't think I had Lyme.
0: Right. And that is such a... I'm so glad you're saying that. Because, yeah, a lot of people do not do not have that level of fatigue, level of yeah. weakness, level of, yeah. you know, and then a lot of people don't have air hunger, right? So it's like, it's
1: such a it, mystery. It's all
0: the different things. And a lot of people don't have pain and they think
1: pain is the touchstone. Well, like, and I had so much of that. I had a ton of pain. In your fibro pain? No, not muscle, bladder, m- migraines. But like, well,
0: migraines are very limey. Yes. yes. But like muscle pain is, and joint pain. Yeah. Oh, and I like, had joint pain. Yeah. Oh, you did? hmm Yeah. Which came on late too, didn't yeah, it? Come they on came- late. For you yes
1: yes I just even just last night read that um so I, I was shooting a movie in Montana in like 2014 and I did this scene where I was running and right after that I looked down and like I had water on the knee do you know what that is no it's like when just your kneecap gets swollen oh, yeah. and just last night I came across they were like classic Lyme symptom water on the <laughs> knee and I was like oh my god like there were all these little things right but, you
0: know no and I didn't have swollen joints huh. and and that and but I had a lot of joint pain but I was like but they're not swelling so I must not you know and I had like yeah. a positive Lyme test and I was still like it must not be Lyme because <laughs> I wow. don't oh that yeah that just goes to show it's deep it's oh. like as, it's like as corkscrewed in as misogyny, as corkscrewed in in this company. Like in the this. idea of like gaslighting Lyme disease yeah. people, patients, even mm-hmm. we do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, we all do it. A yeah. lot of people do it that I know, that mm-hmm. I work with. It's so interesting. But the fecal matter transplant, I want to hear like, yeah. what did you experience? So you did that. Oh them. my God.
1: I would love to talk about it because it was the most astonishing. This was by far like the most astonishing medical treatment I've ever done. So the reason I qualified, it's important that I say this, I think. Um, Not everybody with Lyme will need a fecal transplant. Um, Chronic dysbiosis was an ongoing symptom of mine ever since my – like early twenties, meaning every time I got a stool test, what it showed was like, like wild imbalances in my gut bacteria and especially tons of the really inflammatory ones and very low diversity and nothing that I did, Jackie would resolve that. So I'm talking, I'm talking, I would buy like $150 um, probiotics and take like Two a day, like I was on intense regimens. I even did probiotic enemas where I was like squirting probiotics up my butt. Like I was doing it. Any- so we knew this was a huge issue, and no doctor seemed to be able to put out that fire. And it's so funny. I started like it became a joke with myself, where I would change practitioners, and they'd be like, "Oh, let's clean up this gut stuff," and I'd be like, "And I, and I started being like, Why do you think this will work when the- it hasn't before?" And they and they just kind of didn't believe me. Anyway. Now that we know I have Lyme, it, it, it makes sense. Like I said, we don't, it's kind of mysterious, but I, I think a large amount of the actual bacteria that I have lives in my gut and my bladder. Like my mucous membranes seem to be much more affected than my brain. Um so so it's like my gut was a big issue. Knowing that, my doctor, my Lyme doctor, Dr. Hunt was like, I think a fecal transplant would be a really good idea. Um, okay. That was the background. What was your question? What happened? Okay. So given that, given that, so, so my dysbiosis symptoms were, um, like, like five month pregnant belly bloating since I was like 23, like for 10 years of my life, I looked pregnant and like the rest of my body would be one size. Like it was impossible to wear clothes. It's like, <laughs> I'm laughing because somebody out here is listening and being like, that's me. Like yeah. it's such a specific weird thing where like I would have like, I could, I couldn't shop for pants because my legs are one size, but then I would have this like pregnancy belly. So, so that, and then also um the dysbiosis was connected to the air hunger in some way. I don't totally understand, but I noticed it. It would be like when my candida would get worse, my breathing would get worse. When I was bloated, I also couldn't breathe. There was some kind of connection there. So the, the morning I did the first transplant to prepare, you do a fast um, and a colonic and then the next morning you start. And so the, the morning I did it, um, my bladder pain went from being at like a seven at all times to like a two within like three hours. <laughs> my stomach w- looked flat and I had muscles in my stomach that I didn't know were there within like 48 hours. Like after my third, after my third transplant, you do it one morning, then the next and the next and the next. It was like bloating was completely gone. Bladder pain was the biggest change. It was air hunger was completely gone. And then as it settled in, like they would, the symptoms would flare, but then it's almost like the transplant would like kick in and like take it over again because it's actually fighting for turf in your gut so it's bacteria so it's like the bacteria were in a battle to like the good bacteria were in a battle to like colonize and so I would feel first of all you feel like cramps and stuff when they're like fighting um and then I would I would have like a week where I would like have this miraculous Relief from all my bladder pain and all my breathing issues, and then I'd have like four days where it was almost like the bad bacteria regrew, and then I would despair, and I would be like, "Oh my god, it, the, the transplant failed." And then a week later, it's like the transplant would like take over again. I mean, it was it was such a bizarre and incredible experience.
0: Yeah, that's helpful for me to hear because what I because obviously when we get together, we're talking a lot about me. Yeah, and. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And uh, like my business. (laughs) So I don't always get to hear everything that's going on. And one of the times we talked, you were telling me that the fecal matter, the fecal transplants were like really supporting you but then not lasting. Yes. And that's what I remember. Yes. So I was kind of surprised to hear you be like, That was the turning point. It was. So so you were having these like mm-hmm. good weeks and then
1: these not so good weeks. Yes. And then And you probably spoke to me when I thought it had totally failed. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then actually that that did. And so I, I had results for about six to seven weeks and then that did actually happen. I was like, Oh I think I think the results are now not gonna come back again. And then I needed to do five more. After my eighth so they say you, it takes between four and 10 fecal transplants to like successfully repopulate someone and immunosuppressed people. It's harder and Lyme. That's what it does. Um, I'm sure, I don't know how much you've talked about this element of Lyme on the podcast, but Lyme is like HIV in that it disables your immune system to survive. So a huge part of recovering is you have to give your immune system the tools to rebuild. So given that I was immunocompromised when I did the transplants, I was worried that they would eventually fail and they, they I don't know that I, I don't know that they failed, but it was like, I went from like results at a 10 to results at like a five. And at that point, my quality of life was not good again. So I did another round. And after my eighth one, my results stayed. So I actually, you know what? I've actually done nine and I have one in the freezer that like, I'm just sitting on because, oh my God, so funny sitting on (laughs) because, um, because I'm, I don't need it yet. Right. It's like, I'm so, so it seems for me, it seems like after nine, my results had a lot of, um what's like 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 vitality or something they had a lot of like vim <laughs> they seem to be and they help they help they, he- they help they and
0: how long has it been
1: i started um the first week of uh, march i mean that's 3 months it's been 3 months
0: yeah mm-hmm. since your eighth one
1: no no that was i i started i told i started the first week of March with all of them. Oh, okay. Um, when was my eighth one? Um, it was before we left for France. It was like um end of April.
0: Awesome. A month. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And you just went to France for like 16 days. Yeah. And you had an amazing time. You explored yeah. like crazy. You did. Uh-huh. You felt so healthy. Oh, my God. I
1: felt amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. You just had a little bit of bladder stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, just some bladder. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing I did for my air hunger was, was definitely... The transplants. And then I feel – now I feel like the ozone and the peptides are catching up. And, and now all sorts of things are getting better. Like um, like I said, my stomach is flat. And the migraines are just like com- – it's completely different with my migraines. Yeah. Um, bladder seems to be the slowest to come around. I'm hopeful. It's a little scary. I see it's a little scary because you hear of people that have healed. Then you hear of people that haven't. Um, I, in my gut, I think I will – I don't think I'll have it forever. But I am – it's the only thing I still worry about. Do
0: you believe that you can completely cure Lyme? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, we hadn't really like yeah. I mean, I believe it. I've yeah. seen it. I know it happens, but like not everybody's like so it works for some people to be like, "No, I'm probably going to have this forever," and that's okay. Right. Like that work that is helpful right. for some people. Right. Um it was not helpful for me, but mm. I also want to talk about what it's like to work, to coach. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, while feeling symptomatic, Mm -hmm. like I am well, I don't have Lyme symptoms, but I do have, as you know, like a chronic cough. Yeah, that will be just that can be really disruptive. That we just like can't get to the bottom of. Yeah. Um. Yet, and. You know, like I have some stuff for like some days I'll be more when I'm nearing my treatment, when I'm nearing my immune monthly, my monthly, my monthly IVIG. I might be a little more tired. Like Mm. things like that happen and being with a client or working in general. And I think a lot of people um, that listen to this podcast also work. Mm. And so what is it like when you're with, when you're in work Mm -hmm. and you're feeling symptomatic? Does it, Mm. does it bother you? How do you take care of yourself?
1: Um, you know, I think that I have like a, a high level of resiliency given how sick I was for so many years. Um, I think there's sort of a like pro and con situation that happened to me that I, like, given that I was told for so many years that nothing was really wrong and my symptoms started when I was a little tiny kid. And so I've really been I mean, what's exciting about my story is like, I'm going to, I'm going to meet a body that I've literally never known. Like, I think I had Lyme my whole life. So that's wild. But I think like, if there is a pro of that, which is hard to find, (laughs) I mean, whatever, I think on a spiritual level, it's all pro and this was for me. But if there is a pro of that, I think it's that like, I have a high tolerance for living well, feeling bad. (laughs) So um That's huge. Yeah. It's a huge
0: freedom. Uh, I mean, it is not, that is not to be undermined by like, like that is a, being able to live and feel joy and feel pleasure
1: while, I don't know that I feel pleasure. I, would, I don't know that I feel pleasure.
0: Even, like, during sex? Even? No. No pleasure. No, that's, that's a good point. I mean, like, um, hmm. I mean, like, there are moments... Andre's not listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, like, wow I'm symptomatic. Um, sure, sure, sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to misrepresent it. Like, I think if I have air hunger, it's really difficult to feel any amount of pleasure in my body because alarms are going off in my head. You feel like you're dying. So it's, um, uh, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know, Jackie. I don't know if... I think, I think I have a, I think I have an understanding that it will pass. Um, and it usually, and there's usually relief even on a bad day. It's so rarely like constant suffering for an entire day. Um, but I, but I don't know that I can experience. I, I, do still experience moments of joy while feeling really bad. Um, but like pleasure is kind of, kind of goes away totally. And I just, I think I have the discipline of understanding that this is not a permanent part of my life. And, um, and also any distraction really helps. So being with clients is like, I'm not thinking about myself. It's a distraction. It's really helpful. Distraction was one of the only things that got me through, and and it continues to.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is what do you do when you're feeling? and up in symptoms that Uh scare you specifically symptoms that are terrifying right like which Uh which i have total trauma around certain symptoms yeah like insomnia like i just have really like if i cannot fall asleep one Mm. night for whatever reason i have to fight against or like accept and move through the thoughts of mm. this is it like it's mm. happening again i'm never gonna sleep again like that stuff mm. so when you feel symptoms that are particularly terrifying to your mm. central nervous system and um you're not feeling pleasure you're not feeling joy like what are the mm. go-to tools to get through that mm. in a home with a partner that you don't want to freak out on <laughs> but like <laughs> right like uh-huh. that's a big part of it for me. Like if I'm having, if I'm having something that I'm like, oh, scary, you know, it's like, okay, let's take it to the bedroom.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, well, I think, I mean, if I'm being honest, like I have cocktails of supplements that can make almost anything go away. So like if I'm having air, if I'm having air hunger, like I've just been in this for so many years now that like, so if I'm having air hunger, it's like the first thing I'll do is a bunch of probiotics that might handle it if it doesn't I'll do a bunch of HCL BTN HCL with it to try to clear it Um if that doesn't work um I'll take some this is not good for my fecal transplant so I try not to but I'll take some like oregano oil and at that point it usually goes away that's not good for fecal transplant no because my fecal transplant is like Okay, so imagine it this way, right? My fecal transplant has, like, a really high diversity of microbiome that's actually unusual. Like, most people's microbiome gets destroyed by drinking, sugar, stress, um, antibiotics, whatever. Um, oil of oregano is an herbal antibiotic. So if I take it, even though it will control whatever overgrowth is causing the air hunger, it'll also then kill some, like, beneficial things in my gut that are keeping my recovery really, like, vital. Right, so you're not taking, like, any herbal
0: antibiotics. mm Intr- like any antimicrobials then really?
1: No, just ozone.
0: interesting if you yeah. do a fecal transplant, you can't really do that. Mm-mm. I had not considered yeah. I had not considered but that. It
1: took care of my needs. so I was on I was on antifungals permanently. It was one of the reasons I was like, we have to get me a fecal. like if I went off antifungals with for two days, my candida would grow back and my quality of life would tank, specifically my bladder and my breathing. It would just, I mean, it was like, I could not live without um Nystatin. And that's not good for you. It's <laughs> not, not good for you to be on, like, an antifungal permanently. But besides the fact that it's, like, stressful and gross and expensive. Um So, yeah, it's, it was like, it handled, it solved my candida issues. So, it you know... The beneficial bacteria kills all the stuff that I it. would be taking. Oh of my course. God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: you, so you have a cocktail, you know what to do yeah, when you're so symptomatic. That, yeah.
1: So I think I, and then with my bladder, it's like I have azo and I just think I, I mean, I go into like action immediately. Um, and then if, yeah, if I'm really upset emotionally, um, I mean, I have sets of tools. Like I, I speak to myself. I, I use, um, just um, Uh, exercises with my clients. And I also do them with myself. Um, gestalt is a therapeutic modality where you speak to, um, a part of you that is, um, causing pain or upset that needs to be integrated. So if I'm like really, really hurting, I'll talk to the part of me that's that's angry and scared, and I'll let it. So I'll go somewhere private, um, and I'll set up a chair in front of me where I can be that thing, and I will get in that chair and and let that part of me really speak. And usually, then I'm able to cry. It's like if I'm in Sasha, there's like such a. Sometimes I'm too angry when I'm in Sasha to let myself hurt over this because the amount of years and the amount of effort. It's like when it starts to fail me, quote unquote, I get so angry that I, I'm i not able to feel when that's what I need to do. So the gestalt will allow me to drop Sasha for a while and, and be with the part that just wants to scream and wail. Um I also take it to God a lot. Like I'll write letters, I'll, I'll write really angry letters to God where I'll be like, or I'll just scream at God. I'll like look up and I'll be like, you sadistic fuck. <laughs> Like, like I, the anger is the thing that comes up for me the most when, because there's a sense of like, I've done everything. Like, what more do you want from me? Like that, that comes out for me. Like if my, if I'm really suffering after all of this work and all of this commitment, sometimes I just have to be like, what the fuck God, what the fuck? And when I really get that out, I'm usually way more able to just let it pass. Then I'll just like turn on a movie and I'll make sure I have time to rest and I just let it pass. Yeah. 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 That's great, or I'll get to ozone.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
1: Did I answer your question? You totally okay. did. I'm
0: I'm kind of hung up on you sadistic fuck. <laughs> I'm like a little hung up on
1: the you sadistic fuck. <laughs> Do you like how ready that language was? Because I've done this so many times, and it's always sadistic fuck. That's just like what I think God is in those moments. I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I try to really take myself take myself back to like what cuz one of my main coping mechanisms was yeah. a lot of what you talked about except it was inner child. So it wasn't just yeah. as much as it was like yeah. my deep inner child connection and that really yeah. really served me. And I'm trying to think like my relationship with God was so interesting in my in my illness. Like I couldn't it was all the things, right? It was like anger and also comfort and also hope and also like building this trust and this love and this Mm. like understanding and Mm. and also like why are you
1: doing this to me that's the sadistic fuck part (sighs) yeah it's the like that why for me felt there was like it's so unfair would come up for me Oh yeah. yeah. And I had a lot of, yeah. uh, I'm being punished, oh. which is a really big yes. thing for me. Right. Like I wanted A plus B to equal C. Like I wanted to be like, well, God, if I'm good, like there was this good, this thing for me of like, but I do, I'm doing everything so well. Why do you then exactly? It's the punished as if as if that was what was happening
0: yeah and i deserve it like i must and then the law of attraction stuff really fuck that stuff yeah but it really played into it for me like oh but if you're good and if you're raising if you're at this vibration then like these things don't happen to you so it's my (laughs) fault and like i did it and and then it was very confusing for me like well what is god (laughs) Within that. And yeah. I had to come, I really had to come to like, okay, God is nothing but this present moment. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing God is, and I'm always safe in this present mm, moment. It's so beautiful. But I, uh, yeah, it's I just so think beautiful. the relationship to a higher being, like, yeah. we don't have to use the word God. Neither Sasha nor I are Catholic or Christian mm. or Lutheran or like,
1: It's not a religious God.
0: It's not a religious God for either of us. But like this higher being idea when you're suffering in life. Yeah. It doesn't have to be illness. It could be any kind of grief, trauma, Mm -hmm. severe abuse, loss. Like there's so many things Mm -hmm. that it just feels like, why me? (laughs) Really? The self-pity. I mean, all the stuff. So I think it's a really interesting topic and I hadn't me really too. heard it's you so juicy. Oh, you hadn't heard me what? Say <laughs> that. Yeah. Like have that relationship to uh, to God. Yeah. But I think I think it's important to mention mm. that you probably don't let it last long.
1: Oh no. Yeah. That's why well if there's one thing I've learned through having Lyme, it, oh God, I just think everything you brought up was so valuable just now, Jackie. Like I want to come back to the law of attraction thing because I think it can be like a particularly dangerous mind fuck for really sick people. Like I want to come back to that. Like let's put a pin in it. But um, God. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like, I learned that the longer I kept inside, it's like, it's like denying that rage was not helpful or it's like I, I would keep, you would keep me angry. It would keep me out of the present It would keep me out of surrender. To deny the rage. To deny the rage. It's like the second I fully express it, I can come back. I like I get like a stamina from that. I think when I would get the most emotional is when I felt like I couldn't keep going. I would get to a point with Lyme where I would be like, I can't do one more day. I cannot do this one more time. I remember with air hunger, I would be like, if I feel this one more time, I'm going to die. And it's like, I had to, what I learned is exactly what you said. It's like, if I can fully express that, and that's why I take it to God, because to me, that's like the ultimate, God is so big. God has space for all of my intensity. Like there's no, God's not afraid. It's big enough that then I can really rage against the present. As soon as I'm done, I come back. I, I feel, I get this sense of like, I can keep going. I am safe. I am loved. It's like I have to be able to go to the darkest possible place to come back to. But but you're so accurate. That's not my only relationship with God. I don't want to misrepresent that. Yeah. And I don't actually think God is a sadistic fuck.
0: And you don't stay there for no. long. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like no. an expression, a release. And then it and passes. Then, and then it passes, yeah. which is yeah. something I say all the time, like set a timer and yeah. have your yeah. experience and then come back to yeah. gratitude, whatever, whatever. I love, love that you
1: say that. My coach is say um uh, give yourself 24 hours
0: oh I, I do uh-huh. 20 minutes usually I'm like <laughs> I'm like give yourself 20 minutes of pure self-pity
1: yeah like yeah. go
0: into it cry yeah. feel it yeah. then
1: and then it's done
0: and then come back mm-hmm. and then if you need another 20 minutes later like and it depends sometimes you need fucking 24 hours like yeah. sometimes it's like yeah. yeah just
1: have that yeah it's like there's so
0: much have that day yeah. like that is too much on your plate but then it's like it's time yeah,
1: it's like we got you going. Or you're
0: going to be stuck in it. My trauma therapist yeah. said something so yeah. good the other day. We were talking about fight, flight, or freeze, and she was like, "You know, when you're in fight, fight, and flight, you need to carry that." She's a somatic therapist, so she's like, "You need to follow through, follow through on the feeling." So if you want to fight, like you you um, punch. Mm. If you want to not the person, if you want to flight, you don't
1: punch the person. No, Chucky, please.
0: <laughs> no, can we punch the person? I wish. <laughs> if you want to flight, you run, um. and you actually run. But if you're frozen, mm. right, and you're attracted you don't follow that through because you will never come out of it like if you you sit there you will never move again (laughs) so you you have to like get up and move that's Mm. the solution Mm. and it makes me think of yeah if you Mm. don't give yourself yeah a end time you'll never get out of Mm. the self-pity and
1: you will suffer Mm. so deeply yeah so let's talk about the law of attraction go go oh my god well i think oh my god i could talk about this forever i think um I guess, like, what I want to say about this, I think the law of attraction is really helpful on some level. I think, like, I think the power of intention is very, is very powerful. Like, I think when we set an intention to create something in our lives or like when we vision on a vision board and like really put that somewhere we see it, like there is magic in that. And I want to say, (laughs) um, I think there is loss that is unavoidable. I think there is pain that's part of our spiritual curriculum. That's not going to go away in our timing. And I think each of us have these issues that loom large and aren't easy and aren't within our power at every moment to end. It's like, Jackie, like until the moment that it's like, I couldn't have opened the door to the live house until it was the last house on the block. There was no way it could have happened sooner. And I think when somebody is, I'm just going to use sick because that's what I know, but I would imagine it's the same for like a terrible loss. There's a book. Um, I'm going to jump to that really quick. There's a book called "It's Okay That You're Not Okay" by Megan Devine, who writes. She's a grief therapist and a grief writer, and you know she really talks about like mm, there are losses that we can't just be like it was for the best. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, or or like or like maybe you thought about this and then your husband like died in a boating accident. It's like oh maybe maybe like you were next. It's like maybe you needed this for your growth. You know it's it's like i did i did need lime for my growth and don't say me don't tell me that are you kidding me like i'm like able-bodied person are you don't don't talk about my experience to me in that way and and um i know we've talked about this before jackie outside of this conversation but like i really believe non-sick people want to distance themselves from sick people by wanting us to have done something Mm -hmm. bad yeah, or wrong
0: to feel like they have control over whether over or not their they, own lives yeah
1: exactly and I think the law of attraction is one of those things that can sneak in there where people can really use it as an excuse to be like oh well she must be thinking about this and in, in an incorrect way and I've also had practitioners who didn't have my answers say that kind of shit to me and I was like no
0: <laughs> no nope." Yeah, I think it's all really valid. And I love yeah. that you find, I, I always say this, but like take what you like and leave the rest, yeah. right? I love what you find in the law of attraction that has value, oh, Yeah, the power of intention. And one of the things I find is the power of gratitude because yeah. one of the things they talk about so much is like being grateful for what you have in the moment yeah. will only grow more of that thing. Totally, And I, I love that. And I too agree about the power of intention. And then there's this whole and then there's lots of things that just do a disservice
1: Absolutely. and
0: help us to blame ourselves and try to figure out why it's
1: our fault. Yep. And, and And keep us looking in the wrong place. Like mm-hmm. I have a friend who's really sick who keeps looking in the like, emotional area. And I'm like, I think you're missing huge pieces on the physical side. It's like, she can't think her way out of this unless there's some support on the physical side. And like that like scares me for sick people that if, if they really stay in that place of like, I must have been, I must have a memory. Like I was told a lot, like you must have had a trauma you aren't remembering. And it's like, if I had stayed there being like, what can I dig through and find a trauma? It's like, Oh my God. Like I would have, I have Lyme.
0: Yeah. I have Lyme. Yeah. And trauma plays into Lyme, yeah, and and so do do um th- and, thoughts and beliefs and all like it yeah. all play But you can, but also bacteria plays into Lyme. But you can't ignore the physical, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the physical is really really important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and I just think it's so interesting mm. the law of attraction and what it does. The neg- I feel like the negative consequences are so much bigger than the whatever it does for people like than the positive it brings into this world like that is what I've seen and somebody (laughs) I appreciate that perspective I I really do I just appreciate that I mean that's what I've seen it's uh, like there's because heartache is happening because grief happens because because what you said like sometimes there's
1: a loss that isn't like Justifiable or yeah. it doesn't make sense to us. It's like, because I'm not God, I don't have that big picture and asking my human brain to be able to conceive of like a reason that that much suffering occurred. It's just not uh, fair.
0: No. And there's somebody that you introduced me to, Tosha Silver, yeah. wrote the change me prayers. And I yeah. am obsessed with the way she writes about the law of attraction. Yes. She says something like, so even if it works, it makes you miserable because you're always wanting like you're always she talks about this guy who's like running the seminar and he was like everybody visualize like me getting to the number one he he wasn't the number one new york times oh, okay and he wanted to be number one and he was like everybody visualize like i haven't gotten there yet and like that's what i yeah. want and her sort of thing was like Ugh. like even if we do like you're not happy like why aren't you happy with being with now number five mm-hmm. like why aren't you happy with so and her whole point is like surrender is gonna be such a more luxurious experience of life okay. than wanting that next thing and visualizing it yes and i was like yeah that's yes. great
1: yes and when i do find release in a journey that has so much suffering like Lyme, it's when I'm in a place of surrender to the present without making it wrong. That's Amber language, my coach Amber. It's like when we speak about Lyme in my own life, usually what it is to, that she says to me is like, are you making it wrong? Are you making this wrong that this happened or mm. is happening?
0: And you know, yeah. one of the coaches in the lineage that that we're in, yeah. that your one of your coaches' coaches, Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Michelle, I was listening to her the other day and it was so helpful for me. This is horrible, but she died of cancer really young, right? Yeah, She's like forty, like 40, 40 two. 40, really young. Yeah. Um and I was listening to her and it's like she she was doing it all right. Like, she had all the right beliefs, all the right thoughts. Like, she had a great life. She made lots of money. She knew how to build a career. She was loving. She was kind. She was spiritual. She was, like, she was doing all of it and all of this stuff. Like, she was vibrating at a, like, like, (laughs) high level. And you know what? Life got her because, Mm -hmm. like, no one gets out alive. And so... And it was and it was helpful for me to listen to her where I'd usually put I usually put people or I sometimes put people on pedestals that like makes them inhuman where I'm like, oh, well, they they've cracked the code. And
1: it's like nobody actually nobody cracks the code. That's right. Um, And I think if there's one thing I'm really grateful for, Jackie, it's that like I have seen I can't forget what I've seen in that area. Like, oh, my God, there are things that occur in life that are so senseless and painful and, um, in a way, like I'm actually so grateful to, there's something in there for me. I don't know that I'm expressing this well, but it's something about what you just said. It's like, um, things occur that we can't explain and that are so painful. And in a way, like weathering that own storm for myself has been a relief. I I don't know how to, it's it's like, I feel like I can see other people's lives with a, a much less judgment, um, much less self-righteousness like i just don't do that anymore <laughs> like i don't think i'm better and i don't think it. it's like
0: lime well, made you pretty right sized huh? yeah it's
1: crazily humbling <laughs> it is Cra- it's like i just don't judge people in that way
0: yeah no i hear like, you. shit shit's crazy shit's crazy and like you can't avoid it i tried yeah, yeah. oh i like, oh like, I yeah i totally tried to avoid it and like this yeah. is not your fault no yeah,
1: no. yeah exactly yeah. it's put me in a place of like a lot more love and compassion for other people same and that is a better place. My life is better now. It was just horrible for a while. <laughs> but this is now the best life I've ever had. I'm, but like, yeah. my God, did I have to go through times that felt unsurvivable? And I think, um, you know, I, I we have a mutual friend named Sue and who's who's um a Lyme patient and she talks about we we talk a lot about how like Lyme is something that has felt unsurvivable at times and like having survived something like that is it has changed me, in, in a really profound way. To be like, oh my god, I, I did, and I can, and we can, and n- you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't a loss that could really take me away from myself.
0: Mm. How beautiful. Yeah. You recently said something like that to me. you were oh, like, let's like notice how capable you are. Oh right? yeah. Right. Like, but I, it took me a long time to let it sink in. Like, oh, I survived this. Mm-hmm. a lot you know 90 percent because of my doing <laughs> oh yeah or 80 percent or something like mm, and and let's call it 90 and then there's a whole bunch of other things and i think some of those other things are luck yeah like i i think that you know some people don't get well and some people don't get well like
1: mm. i don't right, we, we don't know why michelle died we don't, don't know, know why we mm-hmm. didn't
0: yeah. Like some of, of it now. is just like grace luck or whatever, what's meant to or be curriculum. for me. Curriculum. Like this is what is meant to be for me. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And I, so I don't take credit yeah. for it, but I did a ton of work, oh my you know, God, yeah. and it took, and you've done a ton of work and it took a long time for me to be like, oh, like, Look what I'm capable of.
1: Absolutely, and I think something we share, Jackie. One of the things I like the most about you is like you are fearless in the face of other people's pain, and I I believe I have that as well as a result of this. It's like yes, being, as a result, being able to work with sick people and not being afraid of what's occurring in their life is oh. like a huge get like a gift that I was given so that I could serve.
0: Yes, and it and it oh it over um, pours. <sighs> What's the word? (laughs) It overflows.
1: overflows.
0: (laughs) It overflows to all sorts of pain. Like I can be with people in severe grief. I have a friend who lost her. Mother killed herself. Her sister killed herself within three years of each other. Her father died of cancer seven years ago. Like I might have that number wrong, the seven years. But it all happened. She's Her family, her immediate family is all gone. She's Mm -hmm. in her early 30s. And it's like – I am so able to sit with somebody in severe grief and discomfort. Not perfectly, of course, and I have moments of, like, not being able to. But people can come to me with most anything, and I'll be Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, here for it. Like, here for the party. Yeah. And (laughs) that's all actually because of two things in my life. Lyme and, and, well, Lyme and the toxic relationship I was in before Lyme that really – Yeah. I – Judged a lot of people in toxic relationships, and then yeah. I was like, "Oh, found myself one." <laughs> <laughs> I did that too. Yeah, yeah. toxic relationships. Oh, yeah. They really they were. That was also an incredibly shock.
1: humbling. Oh, such a shock! Yeah, it's like, how could this have happened to me?
0: I wasn't so shocked. Oh, because, were you not? Oh, oh I was. No, because like, because I it like made <laughs> sense. So it was like, oh, I'm dating my dad. Like it made so much yeah. sense. But yeah. but I was like humbled because I swore I would never be a woman. Like, I was like, I won't be a woman who gets treated like that. A woman
1: who. Oh, Oh, God. And even built into that, like, it just shows you culturally what we've been told. Oh, a woman who, as opposed to, like, a man who is a shithead. Yes. (laughs) It's like, oh, a woman who's with that man. It's like, she's fine. It's like, (laughs) what. Like, can yeah. we, why is it the woman? Oy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love ending
0: on that. So that gives you guys a lot to think about. Um, that gives me a lot to think about. Um, anything you want to leave, like current Lyme patients with or people that are not oh. diagnosed? I mean, I know there's so much. so but- much.
1: Um, um, I think, like, if you have Lyme, actually, I think I'm going to talk to people who don't know. If you have a chronic illness, please get tested for Lyme. Like, just do it.
0: Through hygienics?
1: Yeah, through hygienics. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't afford hygienics, I have a bunch of clients who have also been diagnosed through like a normal Western blot. Do you? Yep. Oh. But my Igenix was positive and my Western blot wasn't. Um, I just, I, I really think it's worth it. Like, knowing the stats online, um, they're so shocking. Like, 427,000 new cases a year. It's the fastest growing infectious, infectious disease in the country. And I think it has, uh, I, I think, Many, many more people with chronic illness are Lyme patients than we know. Um, so, I guess the final thing I would say is like, if there's a mysterious thing occurring in your body and nobody can crack it, like, it's worth a test, especially Parkinson's, ALS. Those are basically just Lyme. Um, and then MS, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. It's like you got to check it out. Just yeah. make sure.
0: Yeah. Great. I love it. Where can people find you? Uh,
1: my website is uh, SashaAlexander.com. It's S A S C H A. Alexander,
0: and it's linked yeah. in the oh, show. Notes. Oh, and
1: I have a, and I have a group. Can I can I talk about my group? Please. So I'm um, beginning August 24th um, and going till November 16th. I'm doing an eight person three month autoimmune um, health group that I've run twice before, and um, the potential in the group is amazing. There have been incredible stories of healing and remission and diagnosis, and um, it's a big growing community. And there's um, eight spots for the one that begins in August. So um, if this sounds like you, somebody who could use support in resolving something longstanding or complex or mysterious, um, that's my specialty. Come talk to me. We'll see what we can do.
0: Sasha's amazing. Do it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Healing Out Loud. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find me at Shay Jackie on Instagram, my favorite social media platform. And follow me at JackieShay.com if you want to stay in touch. You can also write to me through JackieShea.com if you're interested in working with me as your trusted wellness companion. I'm always happy to hear from you with any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also join the Healing Out Loud with Jackie Shea Facebook group. Have an amazing week, you kick-ass humans. I hope you're able to implement what you learned this week, and I can't wait to share more. Bye.